good morning. If you have your Bibles, if you'd go to Daniel chapter number 6. Daniel chapter number 6. Good to have Dr. and Sister Samuel with us. God bless you. Amen. Dear brother, president of the Bible school in India, and powerful preacher, and he's going to be with us at the altar, so if you need a touch from God, make it to the altar and we'll... We'll turn the man of God loose. Amen. Put them to work if they show up. That's my, that's my motto. Amen. 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 Daniel chapter number six. This is part two about Daniel and the lions. So if you would, let's begin reading at verse number 10. At verse number 10. Now, the, the decree was signed. If you were here last week, the decree was signed. It was law of the Medes and the Persians. All the kids. Get going. Move it. Move it quicker. Double time. Double time. The law of the Medes and the Persians. No one was to pray to anyone except the king for 30 days. That didn't bother most of the kingdom. But there was a man of God by the name of Daniel, and that wasn't going to ride well with him. So verse 10. Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published... He went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem three times a day. He got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. Now, these men went as a group. They found Daniel praying, asking God for help. And so they went to the king and spoke to him about his royal decree. Did you not publish a decree? That during the next 30 days, anyone who prays to any god or man except you, O king, would be thrown into the lion's den? The king answered, The decree stands in accordance with the laws of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. Now, Daniel is guilty as charged. He still prays three times a day. The king finds out it's Daniel, and he's distressed. He didn't realize what was going on. So verse 16, if I can take you there. The king tries to get Daniel out of it, but he can't. It's law, and he's not able to. Verse 16, so the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. And the king said, O Daniel, may your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring, with the rings of his nobles, so that Daniel's situation could not be changed. Then the king returned to his palace. He spent the night without eating, without any entertainment. Nothing was brought to him, and he could not sleep. At first light of dawn, the king got up, and he hurried to the lion's den. And when he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel! Servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I ever done anything wrong to you, O king. The king was overjoyed, gave the orders to lift Daniel out of the den. When Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. We're winding down our sermon series from the book of Daniel. There should be one more message after this. But this is part two of probably the most popular, uh, certainly familiar of the stories from this inspiring book of Daniel. It's Daniel in the lion's den. And this example of Daniel is, um, 
It should give believers encouragement for today, though it happened so many centuries ago. For there are times and there will be times when we need to stand firm and steadfast, unflinching for the Lord and for His Word. And when we do, we'll find, like Daniel found out, that we serve a God that is faithful and we serve a God that is able to defend and stand and deliver His people in the hour of their trial. Now, last week we covered, number one, the advancement of Daniel. The advancement of Daniel. Because Daniel had an excellent spirit. He was favored and promoted by the king. He was a man of exceptional qualities, of wisdom, of character, of integrity. And so Daniel was promoted to like a prime ministership within the kingdom. And we noted last time that God delights in advancing his people. In fact, the Bible says promotion comes from the Lord. And that as we, as believers, follow the Bible pattern, as we obey the scriptural principles, as we position ourselves with humility and obedience before the Lord, God will promote us when He says His time in His perfect way. Our promotion comes from God. First Peter 5 and 6, we, we, we read that last time, that if we humble ourselves, Under the mighty hand of God, He will exalt us in due time. So we find out just like Daniel, in this world that we live in, we don't have to live like the world. We don't have to cheat and steal like them. If we'll serve God faithfully, obeying Him, humbling ourselves under His hand, our Lord will make a way. Our Lord will give us favor. And when He says it's time, He'll exalt us and promote us. And no one can hinder that. Can you say amen? The advancement of Daniel, but then the adversaries of Daniel. Now, because Daniel had favor and promotion from the king, because Daniel would not be corrupted, remember, they're all skimming off the top. They're using their position and they're abusing it. And because Daniel was a man of honesty and integrity, the other governors and rulers recognized that he's a foreigner. They're jealous, they're angry, they're envious. They were determined to get rid of him. They were going to do whatever they needed to do to get rid of Daniel. They're going to trip him up, set him up, and when he's down, they're going to kick on him when he's down. I read a story this week about kicking them when they're down. Ready for this? Uh, There's an announcement in the Rock Hill, South Carolina Herald. Rock Hill, South Carolina. And there's a Baptist church had an advertisement, low self-esteem support group, meeting from 7 to 8.30. Use the back door. Use the back door. I said, man, that's piling on. That people got enough problems already. They're low self-esteem. Now you put them in the back of the bus. Anyway, amen. <laughs> These other governors and princes were jealous of Daniel. He was a foreigner that had been elevated. He was a foreigner that was not corrupt and would not compromise his convictions. He was making them look bad. And so they said, we'll do something. We've got to do something. But they were unable. You remember yesterday, last week, but they were unable to find any fault. In Daniel, neither in his personal life nor in his public life. The reason, the only way to trip him up, the only way to get rid of him, it'll have to be something to do with the walk, his walk with his God. It'll have to have something to do with the law of his God. That's the only place we're going to be able to make Daniel stumble. And by falsehood and flattery, they set their plan in motion. Falsehood. They came to the king and they said, we've all come to this agreement. And that was a lie because Daniel was the biggest leader there and he didn't hear about it. But then flattery. They stroked the king's ego just right. 
We're going to make you God for a month, king. King said, sounds good to me. That sounds pretty good. Let the games begin. And, and the king was tricked into signing into law the Medes and the Persians, sealing that decree that could not be altered, that if anyone prays to any other god except the king for 30 days, they'll be thrown into the lion's den. The attributes of Daniel were our next point. We spoke about his consistent attitude. We spoke about his consistent performance. We talked about his consistent purity. And then we stopped at his consistent prayer life. The theme of this series throughout these, these handful of weeks, these couple of months, has been the extraordinary spirit of Daniel. Or what are the attributes of an excellent spirit that God applauds? What are the things in our life that we should be working at if we want to be Daniels in this present hour? If we want to be men and women that God could use in the midst of a dark and corrupt world, that He could put us where it's worldly and corrupt and will shine like stars in the darkness of night. If we're to do that, what is the pattern that we should be following? What are the attributes and characteristics that we should be developing in our lives? And one of the most important you'll ever find is a consistent prayer life. We read verse 10 and it simply says, When Daniel learned the decree was published, he went to his upstairs room where the windows opened and three times a day, He got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to God just as he had done before. A consistent prayer life. This book begins with Daniel just being a teenager, ripped from his homeland, brought to Babylon. And now he's in his mid-80s, and he's still consistent and devoted to prayer. Daniel was not a crisis prayer. In case of emergency, break glass. Call 911. No, 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 no. Daniel was a conviction prayer. He prayed constantly, but it was his conviction for men and women of God ought to always pray and not to faint. He prayed as he had always prayed. I love the New King James would say, he prayed as was his custom since the early days. I like that. I like that. This would be one of the secrets to Daniel's ever-readiness. Think of the ever-ready bunny rabbit? Well, I'll tell you what, Daniel just kept on ticking. Decade after decade. New king after new king. New empire. But Daniel just kept on going. Faithfully serving God. Serving God with a blessing upon the works of his hands. He was always reliable. He was the go-to guy. He was the guy you could count on. Whether there was a crisis or an opportunity, whether the king was ready to lose it or whether his own countrymen were in danger of losing their lives, Daniel was always ready when the need arose to be the vessel that God could use for such a time as this. Three times a day. Think about that. Three times a day for many, many years, Daniel had prayed, given thanks to God, and made supplication. We notice about that, that verse that it's very similar to the words or the pattern the Apostle Paul gives us in Philippians 4, 6, and 7 on how to pray. Think about it. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, where, where the Bible says, Don't be anxious for anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. No wonder Daniel had such a peace and a courage 
as he faithfully served God year after year, decade after decade, in the midst of a corrupt empire, in the midst of a generation that was serving idols and living for any other God but the living God. It's amazing. We've said it before, though Daniel was in Babylon, Babylon never got in Daniel. That's the key of being a Christian. We're not running from the world. We're not running and hiding out there in a monastery. We walk among them. We live among them. But we're not part of them. We've been born from above. We're serving a different Lord. We walk to a different beat. We're governed by a different law. And we're going to a different place. Can you say amen? And you can live in this world and you can be in the middle of people that don't know God or love God, but you can stand firm for Christ. You can live consistently for Christ because greater is He that's within you than he that's in the world. So don't ever buy into the devil's lie. You know, everyone around you, they're, they're all foul mouths and they're, you know, working construction and all the excuses. There's no excuse. If Jesus is in you, you can live this life where the gospel is a farce. Daniel shows us this, but he was a praying man. You see, you can't live this life if you're not a praying man. You see, long before the author of Hebrews, long before the author of Hebrews penned those precious words, Daniel knew that there was a throne called grace where the righteous could run to in their hour of need. Daniel knew that there was a place the righteous could go when the storm was heavy and the burden was weighing them down. Daniel knew that there was a place where we could go 24-7 to cast our care and receive fresh grace. There is a place you can go, child of God. How did Proverbs say it? The name of the Lord is a strong tower. And when the righteous run to it, they are saved. And then we run to it in our prayers. We go to the throne of grace. We draw near to the living God. We come through the blood. We come in the name of Jesus. But we find a place we can cast every care, roll every burden, receive divine wisdom for the job, receive divine strength for the battle. There is a place that you can go where you can draw near to the living God and receive from Him all the grace you need for whatever the situation is. You can make it. You can make it. You can be more than a conqueror if you learn how to draw near to God. Somebody say amen. That's the key. The key of the key is in your run of this seminar, that seminar, 20 points on this, 30 points on that. They still got nothing. Until we develop a faithful prayer life and just learn how to daily get on our knees and draw near to the living God, we'll find that in that place, there's strength to face whatever comes our way. There'll be wisdom to see when others aren't seeing. There'll be an inner grace that'll keep us marching and keep us singing and keep us shouting. Every step of this journey, Daniel. One writer put it like this, Dan. Ernest Wadsworth writes, Pray for faith. Pray for a faith that will not shrink when washed in the waters of affliction. Pray for a faith that will not shrink when washed in the waters of affliction. You know, man. After the holidays, I get on the scale. All my clothes shrunk. <laughs> to my wife, buy some these cheap clothes. They all shrink on me every Christmas. Every they shrink. But, but we don't want our faith to shrink. Amen. We 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 want an unshrinkable faith. 
that the waters of affliction can't make it get weaker. That the challenges of the lions of this life cannot make it frail. Daniel had that kind of faith. He had walked with his Lord for some 80 years since he was a child. Now he's in his mid-80s. And he knew that his God could not fail him. And child of God, you've got to know this morning, your God cannot fail. Your God will not fail. He'll keep you. He'll provide for you. He'll defend you. He'll go before you. He'll be a shield all around you. You've got to know. Let it be ended. Let the conversation close. Your God is able. Your God is faithful. And your God will not fail you. Think about it. Daniel has to reason in his own heart when he's just a young kid. Hadn't the Lord kept him? Enabled him to stand true in those early years of testing and training. Daniel chapter 1. And then the second chapter when the king is ready to kill all the wise men because no one can interpret his dream. Didn't Daniel know a God that he could seek that would give him wisdom in the time of his battle? Didn't Daniel remember when his three friends were thrown into the fiery furnace because they refused to bow to the compromise of this world. But the fourth man came from heaven and stood with them and the flames could not harm them. Daniel knew that he served a God that was faithful and could not fail. Daniel had a faith and knew that his God would be there. That if you can't depend on anything else, friend, you can depend on Jesus. If you can't put confidence in anything else, friend, you can put your confidence in the Lord. Daniel was a man of prayer. He was a man of consistent prayer. He was a man of confident prayer. He was a man of consistent prayer. All of his life, day after day, Jesus said men are always to pray. And not to faint and not to give up. Be consistent in our prayers. But he was also confident in his prayer. But he knew he was calling on the living God. Not the gods of this world that have ears that cannot hear. But he was calling upon the living God that has no limits and knows no boundaries. The one whose arm is mighty to save and mighty to heal. And he'll heal you this morning if you'll trust him and believe for his touch. Jesus said, and when you pray, believe that you have received it. And we are those that pray consistently and confidently because we know in whom we have believed in. And I want you to know this morning that the believer who knows how to kneel in prayer will also know how to stand, yes, before men, yes, before devils, but he'll know how to stand in the strength of his God to take on whatever challenge or storm would try to rock him from a secure position. Now, we said last time Daniel was consistent and faithful, yet his consistency and faithfulness did not keep him out of the lion's den. But it gave him the inner grace. It gave him the spiritual endurance to go through the den experience. May we be men and women of an excellent spirit if we're to achieve that goal then we cannot neglect the privilege and the priority of prayer. One pastor trying to explain to his congregation the importance of prayer used a simple analogy, but it's so good. He said, the things in your house work because of electricity. Now, electricity is an invisible power 
that gives you visible privileges. Turns on the lights, turns on the TV, turns on the oven, turns on the toaster. All your stuff works because you've got one invisible power shooting through called electricity. But none of those things work, even though you have access to electricity, until you flip the switch. Flip the switch. You see, prayer flips the switch. You see, the privilege of prayer connects us to the power and the eternal resources of the living God. That's where we obtain provision for whatever our need is. And to neglect prayer, to neglect consistent, confident prayer, we do so to our own harm. The songwriter, I believe, said it very, very well when he wrote many years ago, Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless, needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. The advancement of Daniel, the adversaries of Daniel, the attributes of Daniel, now the attack of Daniel. Just because you're a righteous man or woman, just because you're doing your best to live for Jesus, it won't mean that you won't be attacked. Amen? Oh, the devil is a liar. He'll attack you and try to discourage you. We see, number one, Daniel is accused. Daniel is accused. Last week we spoke about the devil being a liar, but this week we talk about how he's the accuser of the brethren. And he'll accuse us to discourage us and defeat us. But number one, Daniel is accused. Those that had set him up had spied on Daniel. And Daniel didn't disappoint them. He was praying. He was found praying. He was not ashamed to pray. He was guilty as charged. Anybody here guilty as charged? Amen. Guilty as charged. Love Jesus. Not ashamed of that gospel. Going to pray whether they like it or not. Going to preach it whether they like it or not. Come on, say amen. Daniel was accused and the king is distressed. Now, he didn't know Daniel. He didn't know what was going on. You see, the king had been fooled. He'd been used. He did not want to sign the death warrant. But his pride had gotten the best of him. That can happen. He believed the lies of the other leaders and had hastily signed the law. Now, the king even tries to deliver Daniel, we read in the book. But the law of the Medes and the Persians could not be changed once the sentence had passed. Daniel is accused. The king is distressed. But finally, Daniel is delivered to, then in, and finally from the lion's den. Daniel's lowered into a pit of hungry lions. The stone is rolled up. The cave is sealed. The king offers what he would call a prayer in verse 16. Oh, Daniel, may the God that you serve continually deliver you. It's good when those around us can testify to the consistency and the sincerity of our walk with God. Can you say amen? It's good when people around us, that they might not live it and they might not agree with it, but at least they can't deny it. They couldn't do it here. It was a long night. But praise God, then came the morning. You might be here this morning going through a long night. It might be a long night in your family, in your finances, in your physical body. But I declare to you this day that the morning is coming. 
Your breakthrough is coming. Your deliverance is closer than when you first believed. The nighttime might seem long, but morning is coming. Hang on, child of God. It's going to be all right. The king had a restless night. The Bible says he couldn't sleep. He, he refused to eat. He wanted no entertainment. And as soon as it was light, the, the, the king hurries. He hurries to the den, and as soon as he arrives there, he lifts up his voice and he calls out in, in an anguished voice, Daniel! Verse 20 is a beautiful verse. Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God. You've got to make him your God. It's not enough for him to be grandma's God. He's got to be your God. The king says, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God. Make sure he's your God. Don't leave here today unless he's your God. Doesn't matter if daddy and grandma loved him and served him and taught Sunday school for 1,700 years. He's got to be your God. Daniel serving the living God has your God whom you serve continually. If he's your God, then you serve him continually. You don't just talk about him. You just don't know information about him. You serve him continually. Daniel, servant of the living God. This is verse 20. Has your God, whom you serve continually, been able, been able to rescue you? What a question. I believe that we here today could answer the question for the king. We could lift up our voices as those that have been through the fire and those that have been through the flood. We can lift up our voices to those that have walked with God many years and we've had the mountaintop experiences, but we've all gone through some sleepless nights, teary nights in the valley. And we can declare with our fear of contradiction that yes, 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 our God is able. Glory to God in the highest. The true and living God is able. He's able to deliver us. He's able to heal us. He's able to surround us when the enemy wants to knock us down. He's able to lift us up when we stumble. We can declare this day. Let there be no doubt we serve the true and living God and He's able to heal us when we're hurting. He's able to lift us when we're falling. He's able to order our steps when we can't see one step in front. He's able to guide us through the darkest nights. He's able to swoop down and lo, what a God we serve. Yes, O King, our God is able. He's able to deliver His people in the hour of their trial and we are witnesses of that glorious fact. Our God is the living God. And by faith we believe that He sent forth His Son to shed His blood to redeem us. And by sweet experience, we know without a shadow of a doubt that He's been there before again and again to bring us through the dark times, to carry us through the heavy times. Our God is able. There have been some lions in this life. Peter says that the devil goes around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And there's been a lion or two that have tried to devour my life. How about you? There's been lions of adversity and affliction and accusation. There's been lions that have tried to trip up my faith. There are lions that have tried to get me to turn my back on God. There are lions that have tried to keep me from singing my songs in the night and trusting the Lord in the hard times. There's been lions and they come in various forms and different measures, but to no avail because our God is able to keep us for he that began a good work within us. He shall complete that work. Can you say amen? The, the lions roar, but to no avail. This Jesus is faithful. He said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. So listen this morning. 
Daniel wants to speak to our hearts. Daniel wants to remind you that if you're in a hard place, you're in a fearful place, your God is able to bring you. Don't you dare quit. Don't you dare go back to that world. Don't you dare compromise your godly convictions. Your God is able. It might be a battle. It might be some time. But hang on to Jesus. Hang on to the Word of the Lord. He's able and He's willing to bring you through. He will calm your fears if you look to Him. He will defeat your enemies if you call on Him. He will defend your cause if you know that the battle belongs to Him. Oh, child of God, trust Him. Believe Him. Stand firmly upon His Word and give Him praise in the midst of it all and and watch the hand of God work wonders in your life. Somebody praise Him. Hallelujah. Oh, God. Your God is able. No, 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 no. Why isn't that person coming to church anymore? Because they stopped believing that God was able. So they went and they drifted. And they, they failed to hold on as the lines of temptation began to roar. And the lines of accusation began to deceive. Well, your God is able. He'll bring you through. Do you have enough faith to trust Him? Do you have enough faith to stand firm when the situation doesn't look it, but you got to know that God is going to work all things together for the good? Oh, we serve the living God. The Milton Valley Herald had a printer retraction from their um, Saturday night paper, they, they, they went like this. The title of the first Christian church program in last week's paper should have been recorded as Our God Reigns. Our God Reigns. It was inaccurately recorded as Our God Resigns. Our God Resigns. Now, I read that. I said, I know a lot of false gods out in that world that resign when the going gets tough. <laughs> I know a lot of things. They resign when things get uncomfortable and things get unfamiliar. But oh, when you're walking with Jesus, He said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. The work I began in you, I'm going to finish it in you. Hey, they might walk out. Your best friend might walk out on you. But Jesus remains. That thing you had so much hope and confidence in, it might crumble and be a joke. But Jesus Jesus Christ remains. Our God reigns. He don't resign. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Oh, Daniel. So Daniel says, yes, yes, yes. My God, our God is able. Our God's a living God and He's able. Have some faith. Have some courage. Don't go the way of the crowd. That's the way of the cowardless. That's the way of the weak and the timid. Be strong in the Lord and the power of my. Put on the whole armor of God and take your stand. Take your stand. Declaring my God is able. He'll move the mountain. If He needs to move it, He'll give me wings to fly over the thing. But either way, onward with Jesus we go. Our God is able, for He has sent His angel. Whew, I like that. Verse 22. Daniel said, O king, my God sent His angel. My God sent His angel. Wow. Our God still sends His angel. How many knows that? In fact, the, the book of Daniel... The book of Daniel gives us, reveals to us much about the ministry of angels. Time would hinder us from doing a thorough study on the matter. But let me give you at least three verses this morning to encourage your heart as you realize how God cares 
for His people. Psalm 34 and verse 7. The Bible says, The angel of the Lord encamps round about those that fear Him. And he deliver- Anyone fear the Lord this morning? If you fear God, you can be confident His angels surround your life. Isn't that beautiful? Psalm 91 and verse 11. He shall give His angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In the context, He that abides in the secret place of the Most High. Those that walk with God. Those that practice wrong near to God. Here's the confidence you have. He lets His angels watch over you in a special way. As you seek Him, God says, I'll bless you and His angels. Keep you in all your ways. Hebrews 1 and 14. Hebrews, and is there anyone going to heaven this morning? Anyone here going to heaven? Make sure i got the right crowd. I didn't go to the wrong church this morning. I took a wrong turn. My commute's long. I might get a wrong turn there. Um, i get run off the road in little buggies. Then I might go somewhere else. And, um, but if you're saved and you plan on inheriting salvation, look at this verse. Give me the, give me the NIV on that, please. Hallelujah. Are they not all ministering spirits and avisans? Are they not angels sent forth to minister to those who will inherit salvation? Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve who? Those who will inherit salvation. Daniel said God is... No, no, God could have done a lot of things. Amen? But he chose to send his angels. Now, now, don't go looking for angels. Don't ever, ever pray or worship the angel. But just know, according to that Bible, God protects us and God cares for the righteous by sending forth his angels. You walk with God long enough, you don't see, you don't know it, but oh, we can all look back and say, man, how did I get out of that? How in the, I should have been, I should have been road meat. I should, how in the, that, impossible. God sent forth his angels. Seeing people walk in, they give you a blessing. Who was that person? There's no one like that that works here. No one works here. Oh, Daniel answered. Let's finish this up. Finally, the application of Daniel and the lion's den. Let's look at this together. Number one, the probability. The probability of the lion's den. The nature of the Christian faith marks all of us for the lions. It's part of this experience. 2 Timothy 3 and 12. The Bible says, all who desire to live godly shall suffer persecution. It's part of this Christian experience that sometimes in life, we're out, we're out of step with the world, folks. That's why that, that we will always be on the target for the lions. Again, Jesus said, we're in the world, but not of the world. Because we're shooting for a greater goal. We're worshiping a greater Lord. We're headed to a different place. We're living by a different rule and a different commandment. Therefore, there's friction along the way. So the probability of the lions then is simply this. If you're going to walk with God, you're going to face some lions along the way. It doesn't mean God doesn't love you. It doesn't mean God's forgotten you. It means you're a card-carrying member of the human race and you're part of the family of God. It comes with the territory. Just praise Him through it. Trust Him through it. He still knows how to send His angel and shut the mouths of the lions. But secondly, the promise of the lions and the promise, hey, that the waters won't drown us, the fire won't consume us, and the lions won't devour us. You see, Daniel was not kept from the lions, but he was kept in the midst of the lions. God promises not always to keep us from all difficulty, 
But He promises to be with us and keep us in the midst of all difficulty. Last week we read Psalm 34 and 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us out of them all. You know, Dr. Jeremiah was writing on this thought and he gave part of his testimony. And he said, you know, when I first started traveling a lot, I, I, I struggled with it. He said, I was fearful. I was anxious. I was afraid I was going to travel. Something was going to happen. I'd never see my family again. And this is David Jeremiah. It's his testimony. He says, then one day I read the statement, a man of God in the will of God is immortal until his work on earth is done. I've heard it said a little different, uh, uh, until the Lord calls him home. The man or woman of God in the will of God is immortal until God calls him home. And he says, when I read that, it gave me such a peace and such a courage. As long as I'm in the will of God, God's going to take care of me. And when I'm done serving God and my time is up, he'll bring me to be with him. Either way, I win. Amen. The purpose of the lion's den, the purpose is very simple. God was glorified through it all. God was glorified through it all. In fact, you read the latter verses, and here's this great king, this emperor. He's praising the living God, and he's setting out a ruling throughout the whole empire that everyone's got to love this God, honor this God, and respect this God. God still takes what the enemy meant for evil and turns it for the good. Amen? You see, when we respond in faith, at the end of the story, it's amazing. The king, he throws in all those other people into the lion's den. And all of a sudden, the lions got hungry. No more angel in there to keep them unhungry. And they got destroyed before they hit the bottom. But the king actually sends forth a decree that everyone in this kingdom must respect and honor. He is the living God, enduring forever, and his kingdom shall not be destroyed. Wow. Wow. If you'll walk by faith, God can turn a lot of things around. If you'll trust him in the midst of that storm, you can watch God work some wonders in your life. The purpose, and then the prosperity of the lion's den is simply this. At the end of it, the Bible, last verse in the story, and Daniel prospered during the reign of this king. Because he trusted God, stood firm with God. God says, I'll promote you in the midst of it all. The enemy's crowd try to lie about you and trip you up, but because you stood firm for me, I'm going to exalt you, humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God that he might exalt us in due season. Amen? Alright, as we close. You know, we might never have to physically face a den of lions like this man of God. God might never ask that of you and I, but I'll tell you what He does ask of us. God asks you and I to live honestly and consistently before a watching world. Unashamed, to give our testimony, both with our lips and our lives, to the Lord Jesus, being unashamed to live out our faith for Christ. Now, we close down this message. Let's remember, number one, the promise of the lion's den. Just because we love God and we're doing our best to serve God, it doesn't mean life's trouble-free. But the problem is, He'll go with us through every battle of faith. He'll go with us, whether we're facing a battle of our faith or we're just going through something because we're human beings in a fallen world. But the blessing of serving the Lord Jesus, He is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He promises to be with us. The promise of the lion's den. Not that you avoid it, but that God goes through you 
through every one of them. And secondly, let's remember the pattern of Daniel. Because I want you to know that whether you're 13 or 130, God is looking for men and women of the Daniel pattern in this present hour. We live in a fallen world, a corrupt world. And God is looking for men and women that are not ashamed to serve the true and living God. Men and women that will seek Him in their personal lives that publicly God could use them to speak for God and to rule for God and to be instruments in the hand of God. As we come to this altar, pray our last prayer, sing our last song. Number one, if your heart's not where it needs to be with God, get it right. Don't leave here. Let's get it right. The, the condition of your heart is nothing to toy with. If you're not where you need to be with the Lord, then don't leave until you make it right. Come to the altar. Make a fresh devotion. Ask Jesus to give you a fresh start. He'll do that. But for the rest of us, can we make a fresh commitment? God, if you're looking for Daniel's, Find some right here. Help me to live a life that's unashamed, that's consistent, that's pure, that you can use to witness to the lost world around us. Whether you're on the job or in the retirement home, whether you're in the school or in the neighborhood, God said, if you'll offer your life to me like a living sacrifice, I'll ignite your life with the fire of my presence. And I'll give you windows of opportunity that very few have. But first, you need to offer yourself to me so I can orchestrate events and I can make conversations come about that are not accidents, but are divine appointments. If you'll offer yourself to me, I'll use you in your school. I'll use you in your home if you're the only one saved. I'll use you when you're walking down the aisle of the store. But first, you must offer yourself to be a Daniel. And then watch how I orchestrate things in your life. And when that time comes, you'll have a word in season, for I'll give it to you. You'll have wisdom that you never had before, because I will inspire it in your mind at just that moment. And as you learn how to be led of the Spirit, and as you learn how to step out, when the promptings of the Lord stir in your heart, You will trigger events and you will cause things to begin to unfold. And you will be an instrument of not just inspiration, but igniting in this world. Stand with me, please. After I pray the prayer and we begin to sing, we're going to open the altar. If you're here today and you need a touch in your body, like we said earlier, our, our dear brother Dr. Samuel's here. Let that man of God pray for you. Go ahead and just believe God and let the Lord touch you and He'll lay hands on you. If you're here today and you're not where you need to be, let's not fake it anymore. Let's make a fresh altar. Let's make a fresh devotion so we can start a fresh part of this journey and start letting God use you. But for all of us, let's be living sacrifices that God can use. Every one of us are taking different journeys in life, but if we'll give ourselves to God, He'll use us as strategic instruments in His life. You're where you're at, not by accident, but by appointment. And if you'll offer yourself to God, He'll flow through you in amazing ways. But first, you've got to let Him. 
Bow your hearts. Father, we thank You for the example of Daniel. We thank You for his faith as an inspiration to our lives. Help us, O God, to live faithfully and consistently like this man of God. To follow that pattern of righteousness, of courageous faith. Help us, Lord, like Daniel, to live for you to the very end. To finish strong. Whether we're teenagers or we're our mid-80s, let us be men and women of prayer. Men and women of integrity, character, of honesty. Men and women that you can deposit wisdom to and you can anoint with words and season. Father, I pray for those that are hearing the roar of the lions this morning. That lion might be attacking their home, attacking their marriage. Might be trying to intimidate their faith and get them to give up believing or hoping. Father, in the name of Jesus, help your dear ones to sense your nearness right now. Help your dear ones, O God, to trust you completely. O Father, send forth your angels to intervene in these situations, to rebuke the devourer, to close the mouths of the lions, and to inspire a new faith and a new confidence in your sons and in your daughters. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, breathe your breath of life upon us. Let your power fall at this altar. Let healing virtue flow. Let altars of consecration be ignited by the flames of the Spirit. Let lives be transformed. And let your name be greatly praised in Jesus' name. And everyone said, let's worship the Lord. Sing it through. If you need prayer, come, come. Now's your time.